Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unapologist Podcast, where the best PD happens in your backyard. Today, we have with us a man from whom no language could adequately describe Christopher Polson. No language could adequately describe, and there's not enough words in all the languages to describe you, Vito. Oh, I love you, Chris. And I, you. <laughs> and uh, Vito McKenzie on this. And and tonight we have an on tap episode, right, Chris? On tap, on tap, on tap. Yeah, we have on tap tonight. Yeah, we do. And not only that, we have brought back a fan favorite, a fan guest favorite. favorite. A guest favorite, too. Who'd we bring, Chris? We got Sobi Hamed back with us. Uh, the feedback on Sobi was just absolutely massive. And uh, and we had to, we were thinking about doing a mid-season check-in. And who better to ask than Sobi Hamed? Welcome back to the show, Sobi. Thank you. Thank you, boys, for having me back. Uh, I appreciate you boosting my ego, uh, growing my... Grow in my head. Um, I'm glad that I could be a part of such a great show once again, um, and I'm I'm glad and thankful that I was able to to be a guest favorite and a fan favorite and, and keep uh, you know boosting boosting the love for the show and for you boys. Uh, once again, you guys are doing some great things, and and I'm happy to be a part of it. Hey, and we're just so happy that you you're you're back because uh, you know I really think it's a lot of the stuff you said really. It spoke to a lot of educators out there. It spoke to a lot of people about uh, what we're doing in this in this industry, and uh, so it, you know we're really blessed to have you on, bud. Yeah, absolutely. And I know whenever we turn off the recording at the end of an episode, the guests we've had on since you have all mentioned, you know, that they listened to you and they really enjoyed what you had to say. So it's it's an honor to have you back. And we need someone else's ego to boost because if Chris and I do it anymore to each other, you know, there's our not wives, enough bandwidth. We don't have the bandwidth, bandwidth capacity. Yes. I think, our, boys, I think our, optics our, fiber, fiber optics are coming. Don't worry about <laughs> it. No, I think our spouses are just going to keep smacking us until that's back. So <laughs> why we're married. And anyway, and Chris, thing, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Somebody keep you in line. Uh, Chris, so yeah. be, how, how are we doing this week? We are, Kind of April at the time of recording, we're a few months out from the end of the year. How's 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 life been in the uh, classroom? Uh, for us, it's it's great. At the time of recording, it's uh, our spring break here in Fort McMurray, and uh, it was something that was much much needed uh, for the staff and the students. Even the students were were ready for a break. Uh, it was an exhausting time, and especially with everything that's going on. Um, you know, with the classroom. For me personally, the last couple of weeks were a lot of performance-based assessment, and I realized I hate them. As much as I love them from uh, <laughs> a, an, an assessment perspective, to if if you I believe if you set it up properly and if you taught the material properly, you give a performance-based assessment, and depending on the size of it, you don't have to teach for the next you know <laughs> week or whatever the case is. So. For a couple of classes, I was bored out of my mind because the kids knew exactly what they were doing. They didn't have any questions. And I would just become the disruption in the class because it was <laughs> I was just so bored. <laughs> Well-oiled machine. Um, Someone's got to take it apart. <laughs> it's like, right? It's like, and, you know, and the kids would be like, sir, can you shut up and leave us alone and, and just let us focus? And, um, but, the, you know, for me, uh, getting into the spring break, and the Easter and the Easter holiday that we had here, 
it was good to see things finally uh, cultivating together from from the classroom. Uh, it's going to be a little different going back right now with our current COVID cases spiking in our local area. Uh, so we don't know how that affects schools right now. Um, I know it's it's driving everybody crazy in my home um, where we just want you know a breather. Uh, what's nice though is the weather's finally getting better, uh, so we can you know even just hang out in the backyard or go for a walk or whatever the case is. But classroom-wise, it's been a crazy ride. Um, you know, I'm not the teacher to look forward to the weekends. Um, that's not you know the reason why I go into this profession. I'm not looking forward to hey summer vacation. Yeah, I'm you know in this from September to June. But at the same time, you know, realizing these breaks are for us to recharge, uh, to be able to do the best we possibly can do in the classroom. Uh, it's good to take a moment and, and appreciate the time that we we can get. So, how about you, boys? How was your uh, how's your past week? It's been good, as as you've mentioned. You know, we don't count down to the weekends and the holidays because then you know that's really a, not the point of what we do in life but our government moved the uh, march break to april so ours is coming up and i know everyone's been really excited for it i know my students have been utterly exhausted and they've been working really hard for me and so it's nice to be able to wrap up my sixth octomester <laughs> this week <laughs> and 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 not start the next one till after the break um, previously before the Christmas holidays, because of scheduling, we actually finished an Octomester, started a new one before the break and then rejoined again. So that kind of broke the flow, but my students adapted this time. We all just get to break apart and enjoy the time. And I've just been really finding a groove now with it all. We're all exhausted, but we are all working on it together. And it's, it's just nice to come to the end. Uh, for a brief period to recharge. Chris, you? Oh, uh, I'm glad you get to have that recharge. Like Sobe, I'm currently on our uh, our Easter holiday, our spring break, if you will. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think all three of us are saying the same thing. We're not, you know, living for the weekend. We're not living for the vacation, but it's been a grind. It's been a grind, and, and one of the most difficult things about that grind this time around is really seeing how worn out the students are. And when you look in that class and, you know, every day the attendance is, is kind of all over the place, it's a roll of the dice because who's out isolating, who's just exhausted, um... That's hard to see as a as an educator. It's it's really tough to to do that. And then you also have to make sure while while being compassionate to the needs of your students and your staff and your co colleagues and your and your bosses, um, you still have to be that professional, right? Um, so it's really it's really hard, um, you know, doing the check ins, doing the phone calls home, and so I don't. I feel like I, I I can't I can't say that I was exhausted I'm I was exhausted that I needed the break type thing, um, but there was an emotional heaviness that was going on, um, especially with some of my students who, you know, they isolated they came back for one or two days and then as a whole school we were out, um, and it just it just 
uh, it breaks your heart. Um, and so in, in that sense, it's been tough. Um, it's been really tough to see, you know, as someone who is a, is a school chaplain, um, but also I teach grade twelves. It's, it's really hard, um, to see these students so excited about their grad year and then, you know, everyone being unsure of what that's going to look like. Uh, and, and it's easy to say, well, you know, this is going, your grad year is so different from everyone's, you're never going to forget it, but th they didn't want this to be their grad year. They didn't, they didn't want that at all. Um, in, ter in terms of my, my role, um, I've been taking a lot of those things that we've been doing from our five minutes or free episodes. And I've been, I've been trying to, I've been really trying to put them into place. Um, they've almost been like, uh, you know, lamp posts for me leading my way to, to where I need to be as a, as a professional and as a person. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been tough. It's been draining. It's been uplifting because that's so important. I hope all of our listeners have, you know, a group of friends and colleagues that they can have these conversations with. I think it's so important that teachers have these conversations and ask how, how they're doing. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, you know, thank you, Chris, because that not only shows your vulnerability, but it also gives us a point of relatability because a lot of us, I think, are afraid to admit that we're confused and we don't know. And we're worried right like we don't know and, and so let's let's yeah, man. go ahead Sobi. no no you, you boys hit it on the head and it reminds me of, of of an assignment i did back in high school uh based off of uh the last lecture um if you guys you know did that and it was our fear and we did you know me and my partner did an entire presentation of fear and it still sticks with me today because what's our fear of just the fear of the unknown, right? When we're afraid, it's just always being afraid of not knowing. It is, it is. And the uncertainty, I think, is one thing that if, if you're never comfortable with it beforehand, uh, this year has not helped you, <laughs> except no, at, it, at all. Not at all. And, uh, you know, I think about, you know, something we talk about quite a bit on the show is those, those early career teachers. Imagine this being your first year teaching. Like... What? What? <laughs> Can you imagine coming in this without the you know a number of years behind your back to deal with the the amount of support we need to give our first year teachers this year is is we, we need to be there for them because they're doing a fantastic job. They're doing a fantastic job, and you know what? <laughs> it's easy to say first year teachers, but mid career teachers, late career teachers. Um, this is a celebration of you, you know, while you're, while you're in the confusion, thank you. Thank you for showing up for students every single day, no matter how you're doing it. Yes. Thank you. And I've had the privilege of working alongside a first year teacher in my uh, portable for my octomester. He was uh, shifted to the virtual Academy because of numbers and his first year teaching was in the middle of a pandemic in a virtual academy and an octomester system. And he's been doing a phenomenal job because I, you know, we share a portable and across the hall, I, every so often I just listen into what he's doing. 
and I, lo I love hearing him. And I tell him that and I offer him support along the way. And I recently been very honored. He asked if I could be his mentor for his new teacher induction program. Yes. And I was, he's like, I know you have a lot on your plate. I said, no, I would, I would love, love to, to, to do that with you. You know, I always warn teachers don't do what I do. Cause I, I don't know how I get away with it. So <laughs> find, find your own way. Um, but for, for him, you know, the one thing I want to allay especially as a first year teacher is what to actually expect when you're back in the classroom. And, yeah. and so that like, he's, this is, has been his year. So I want to say, okay, when you're back in the classroom, this is what's really going to happen. And this is what you might actually expect. And this is what you're probably going to encounter. So it gives me an opportunity to be reflective of my own teaching practices as well. So I've been, I've been honored with that. Uh, let's, uh, let's shift the conversation a bit. What has teaching during this pandemic taught you about being a teacher? Like what has shifted in your practice this year? I know for me, uh, you know, teaching grade seven, eight, you have to let a lot of things go. <laughs> like the, the, the classic <laughs> rule is what you tolerate escalates. And so you have to find and kind of find a line, but you have to make that line kind of in the distance because grade seven, eights are just, um, they, they are who they are and they're, they're hormonal and every so often you have to just let them loose and, and then rein them, rein them back in, but you draw fine lines and strong lines in there. Uh, but for me, um, you know, one thing that I've had to do this year, especially moving up to the high school panel is I've had to just kind of let a lot more go in terms of, I need to get through this material or I need to check off these boxes. And one thing that's been amazing with this show is listening to teachers and uh, masters of their craft talk about how they don't really pay attention to what the curriculum says and they pay attention to their students. And that's been reaffirming because we teach, we teach students, not curriculum, right? Um, yeah, Vito, I, th I think you really are hitting some nails on the head there in terms of the experience of teaching uh, during this. I've always said my professional growth plan has always, always, always um, had a component of it with, uh, with moving forward in kind of like the digital age of teaching. And I've always kind of approached that with baby steps, I guess you could say. Um, now, me, what I mean by that is, you know, my first Google Classroom was only like two years ago. Um, I'm not, I'm not jumping into like Promethean or Smartboard lessons quite right away. But this, uh, how we've been teaching over the last year and, and beyond now, um, it has really, really, really given me the push to start accessing my digital tools a little bit better. Uh, one of the things that I, this has been good for me, because I think it's important to see the good, I have uh, everything I have now is, is, is in my educational software. Every single lesson I have, every single assessment I have, it is viewable by parents, students, uh, admin, myself, all the time, it's up there. There's no surprise when anything is going to come up. All of the things I have are directly related to the curriculum in it, 
we use a program called Edsby, and my entire uh, year plan is essentially in there now, which has allowed for me to have light years better organization, but also the students I'm finding they're asking about upcoming assignments now. They're saying, oh, Mr. Polson, what's what's this thing that's coming up? And I say, hey, that's a great question. Well, these next three lessons, you're really gonna wanna pay attention to this, 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 and this, because it's gonna help you with that. So there's this level of communication that's come from being you know, kind of thrust into having to do that. But then on the ground floor, on the, you know, in the trenches of teaching, um, the extremely high emotional atmosphere that's happening right now with with like we've talked about you know confusion and worry and fear and and then there's some successes and stuff like that the relationships that we've been able to cultivate with my, that I've been able to cultivate with students this year have been very very meaningful very very deep and and very very positive um because there's that whole we're in this together thought process that's happening now, which I think is super important, which is something that I'd like to see carry on beyond teaching during the pandemic. Thank you, Chris. What about you, Sobe? What's changed for you this past year? Uh, for me, it's it, what changed and grew and evolved even more um, was something that you kind of both touched on was the, the ability to adapt and grow and mold and truly become water. Right, like um, we teachers are the liquid uh, uh, that is the professions, right? Like we adapt and change to our surroundings, and we're fluid, uh, like nothing else. But we have substance, and and we are a necessity at the end of the day. But you know, Vito, like like you were saying, uh, you know, recapping your your past week in regards to the change of the what do you call it, the octet octotrimesters octosemesters <laughs> yeah i know yeah they're, right. they're calling it octomesters octomesters right you know Something the never do <laughs> but you know even you said it where the students were able to adapt and and chris you know you and and your continuous professional development in regards to implementing and growing as tech uh and implementing the educational technology aspect that's you adapting and that's something where i believe we teachers are a master uh, craftsman when it comes to that but this year more than ever uh that's something that's really pushed me to, to be able to go even further um you know as our previous conversations as other teachers said you know we teach the students not to the curriculum um even though it's a professional obligation to teach the curriculum but this year more than ever and the situation that we're in it's that ability to really you know go by the seat of her pants you know what all of a sudden, one day, half my class is missing. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. how do I adapt yeah. to that? How do I, how do I make sure that students are still getting the content that they need, but at the same time, how do I make sure that all of a sudden now the fifteen kids that are remaining in my class out of the thirty don't feel like all of a sudden they got the shaft because they didn't get sick and they get to you know have to come to school or miss school. But it's such a complex situation and it's it's being able to go from that and you know like you boys are talking in regards to you know whether it's a first year teacher or a veteran teacher this time is it's unprecedented for for anybody um and it's it's changing the entire paradigm of education i believe 
I don't think I don't think online education is going anywhere anytime soon anymore. Um, I think it's it's here to stay. It's providing families with opportunities to to do more. I feel um, it's and at the end of the day, if we look at you know school the way society sometimes looks at it or uh, some administrators look at it it's a business for some that's a great business model because that's less overhead that you have to worry about um in regards to that for schools and districts but it's it's that ability to adapt where when are you going to become an online teacher at any point in time or how are you going to adapt to being a synchronous and asynchronous classroom um, so this year, it's really, you know, kept me on, you know, I, I think the saying is the seat of my pants or the seat, the seat of the, the yeah, edge the of my seat pants. Of your pants. Seat of my pants. No, seat yeah, of your pants sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Flying by the seat it, of your pants. Flying yeah. by the seat of my pants. Um, in the sense of, hey, get ready for that curveball. You know, Blue Jay season just started and it's looking good. Get ready for that switch up. Get ready for that slider. <laughs> All right. And uh, you had to bring up the Blue Jays, didn't you? My favorite hey, you know, team. I will go on about them forever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they did today, but it's uh, the solid start to the season for that. Right. That I was M4. just about to say, <laughs> welcome to the unapologist Blue Jays chat. No, <laughs> no I, I, I really like what you're saying, Sylvie, because. Yes, like, you know, the the great Bruce Lee once said, be like water. Water fits into any substance. You know, Bruce Lee was my philosopher in high school. But also, I know my board is making our online schooling, our virtual academy, a permanent fixture in our board. We're going to make it an actual school. And what I, you know, we have to acknowledge, I think what many people have to acknowledge is that, you know, online learning does work for some students and they thrive in that environment because they're less stressed out about being in a classroom and what other people think about them or maybe they have uh, an IEP or uh, some kind of way that they need to learn where they have to get up and move a lot that they can't do in a classroom and it's been really good for them so the fact that this is going to be a permanent fixture works well and for other students they've learned this doesn't work for me at all I need to be in the classroom I need to be with the person and that not only with students but teachers as well. Yeah, you put me in an online room. I made it work. I had fun with it. Uh, I'm still having fun with it, and I'm still trying to make it work. But I recognize this isn't where I permanently want to be. I need to be with people. And that reminds me, Miss Frizzle. You know what I mean? Like there was always <laughs> yes, Miss Frizzle. Right? There was always learning happening. Just they the they were. Just the context that they were learning is, is always, what made it fun and enjoyable. I wonder what that permission form looked like at the start of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Your child may be shrunk down and sent to prehistoric eras. <laughs> that's why That's why everyone always talks about, well, yeah, you can do amazing things with a class of like eight kids. Yeah, she had a class of eight kids because most parents didn't sign the form. There you go. There you go. Right? This uh, has been the look- Magic School Bus podcast. <laughs> But that's that's a big thing, right? And it's it's making that experience enjoyable for the kids, right? There was a post I keep seeing on social media for the last couple of days circulating, and it's like the students don't need a perfect teacher. They just need a happy one, right? And it starts with us, and it starts with us. And this is where I'm grateful for the break that we currently have uh, for me to be able to recharge, to be that happy teacher, to be able to go in and provide joy to these kids and have them enjoy their time in school right at the end of the day if the kid's not enjoying school they're not going to learn to begin with 
And and for me to be able to recharge at this time, uh, recharge over the weekend or whatever the case is, is for me to be a happy teacher, to be able to go in and hopefully give that energy to the kids. As much as I take the energy from them, it's kind of reciprocated as well where the kids are like, man, why are you always so happy? I was like, well, because I'm six feet above ground instead of under it. Like, what's there not to be happy about? Like, there's there's a lot of a lot of positive things in life, even when things are as bad as they are. Um, and it's just being able to have that mindset and that growth mindset and and building on it and transfer that to the kids. Um, it's it's really important and it's really important to to spread that joy uh, to all of them because you know what? Sometimes that that little bit of joy, and this is where you know. When we had our original shutdown, it, it always, you know, sits in the back of my mind. It's how many of these students escape home and escape their home life in school. And that school time that they have, those six to eight hours that they're there are their ability to enjoy themselves and get a taste of happiness and be joyful. Because some of these kids, their home life sucks. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in situations like lockdowns, um, you know, isolations, whatever the case is, being able to provide them that six to eight hours of of escape from whatever they need to escape from uh, is such an important part of our, our job that I don't think we think about enough. Agreed. No. Agreed. Like, and I know those teachers who are working in – more of those areas where those students need that school because that is their support system. They saw that happening. And when students aren't jumping online, when they're not coming, they know it's not because they don't want to. It's because yeah, there, there's no means of doing that. And they know the situations those students are in. So it's, it's something to be think about. And you guys just are hitting the nail on the head. You have to bring joy and something to the students where they can feel comfortable and at least feel a little bit of joy in the classroom. One thing I've done this year is as part of my class every day, we have two kind of wellness breaks. Just take 10 minutes or 15 minutes, go off, you know, grab whatever, some water, do some jumping jacks, move around. And uh, when we come back from the second break, I always do gift wars. So I'll, uh, I'm like, okay, today's theme is cartoons of your childhood. Go. And then they, they just start posting gifts. And, you know. Oh, nice. And every, every class takes it a different direction. One class, no matter what the theme was, all they did was post turtle gifts. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> and it was their joke, right? It was their way of having fun. Uh, but this class around right here, they they like, sir, gift wars yet? Gift wars yet? Gift wars yet? I'm like, yeah, it's gift wars. Let's do it. I and, love it. Uh, you know, it, it's just those little things. It's those little moments in my class that I'm I'm bringing to them. You know, at the beginning of the class every day when I we log in, it's not okay. Let's get going. It's how's everyone doing? What's happening? What's new? What'd you do this morning? Because uh, the nice thing about my system right now is I can set my start time. So I've set it to nine a.m. to give students more of a time to sleep in and join a bit later, and that seems to increase their uh, not only participation but attendance. Well, sometimes, just, sometimes making attendance a 20-minute ordeal where you have a little conversation with everyone is what the students need. And mm-hmm. it ends up – you can get 90 minutes worth of work done in, in 30 if you have young people who are, you know, like we've talked about, feel comfortable where they are, feel joyous where they are, know that they're loved, know that, know that, they're, they're, that, that they're respected, and they know that the person at the front of the room cares about them. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, and then they know that they're what they say matters to the person that they're talking to. It's not just a brush off question. Yeah, and that's a big thing, video man. It's it's what they say matters, and uh, you know, it goes back to you know our discussion a little bit last time. It's show the kids respect, right, and and, and they'll respect you, and they'll they'll buy into whatever you have. Just show that they matter. They're worth something. It's not yeah. uh, you're another kid in the seat. You're not you know you're another head in the class. You're another body walking through these hallways. No, no, no. You are of value. I try to make it uh, a, a deliberate effort to say good morning or good afternoon to every student that walks through my doors. Even if I'm sitting at my desk, I'll just yell out their name across the classroom. Hey, good morning, Sam. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Vito, Chris. Right? Like, and some of these kids are taken aback because they don't, don't they don't get that from all their teachers or sometimes they don't get it at all, at all throughout their day from anybody. Right. And, and all of a sudden now it's just like, Hey, this person sees me. This person knows I exist. This person knows I am here. And then we take it a step further. I was started getting my evaluations done. And one of the notes that, you know, my, my administrator said, it's, I make connections with the kids based on their interest. Right. It's like, I will study a subject if I have to, if it interests the kids, and I know that could be my buy-in, whether it's sports, whether it's anime, whether it's ballet, whether it's – it doesn't matter. I don't care. If it's something that I could show that the kids that I care about them and I care about what they care about, then all of a sudden you get that buy-in. You get that experience uh, that the kids are looking for. Uh, and, you know, Vito, you you said that these, these gift wars that you have, that little moment – will stick with them for the rest of their lives and makes you one of the best teachers in their eyes and in my eyes as well. Uh, I don't, can't speak on behalf of Chris and what he sees of you as a teacher, but I think you're <laughs> fantastic. Um, it's, it's kind being, of you to say. It's, it's being able to make those experiences. It's becoming that Miss Frizzle of the classroom, right? We don't have the magic school bus. We don't have the opportunities that cartoons have and shrinking down into Ralphie's bloodstream and then coming out of his you know where. But at the end of the day, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's bringing that experience to them where the learning is going to be enjoyable. Their time there is enjoyable. And at the end, of the, let's let's show them that their time is worth it. Like, hey, you're coming here. Let's let's make this time worth something. Let's make this time worth something. I can't think of a better note to end this episode on, Chris. Because if we say anything else, which I just did, that just ruined the moment. Vito, I completely agree with you. Let's make this time that we had during the pandemic, during these extremely strange and difficult times, let's make that time worth something. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unapologist Podcast. Join us next week when we'll talk with great people, learn new ideas, and tell the story of teaching as it happens. Sobi Hamed, thank you so much for joining us again for this On Tap episode. It was a pleasure to have you. This is Vito and Chris signing off. Podcast.